Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Colter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. High school football last week of the regular season. I mean, it was shortened, I understand it, but man, that blew right by, did it not? To tell Nuanas 1029 ESPN Radio, hour number two coming at you. If you missed anything in hour number one, give it a listen on the podcast, the To Tell Nuanas podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, and check it out thanks to Blackfoot Communications. If you would like to uh, go ahead and get into the stream, you can do that as well, 1029ESPN.com. Listen live all the time. The stream is available thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Your local bank, your opportunity. It is time now, speaking of, for our Opportunity Bank Coach's Corner. And joining us on the Rangish Brothers RV phone line is Grady Bennett, the head coach of the Glacier Wolf Pack. They are 5-1 and one on the season, an outstanding season. Their lone loss to Helena, but they bounced back, beat their rivals in Flathead over the uh, this past weekend, 35-14, and sets up a huge showdown with the undefeated Sentinel Spartans this Friday to finish things off. Coach Bennett, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? 
I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. It's good to be on with you guys. Well, we're certainly happy to have you in here and uh, and excited about your football team, man. I mean, we I thought felt like kind of coming into the season that the Wolfpack was maybe a little bit of a mystery. Wasn't sure exactly what it was going to to be, but you guys have been outstanding this season and really anchored off offensively, obviously, by Jake Rendina. I know that this is a kid who gets a ton of talk. He's scoring a ton of touchdowns. I know it's bigger than him, but he's the guy that I know, so tell me about this kid because he's a big just hoss of a running back for you guys. Yeah, he really is. And, you know, last year as a sophomore, he burst onto the scene and rushed for over 1,000 yards, and and it was outstanding, obviously. But the things that he's added to his game as a junior, I mean, I'm just really impressed. I mean, obviously kids are going to improve. They're going to grow. They're going to get better from year to year. You hope, of course, as you coach them. But Jake really has developed into an outstanding running back, just adding all the elements. You know, I mean, it's more than just running the football. And even running the football, you know, the vision and the the bounce cuts and the ability to bounce it outside. And, you know, he's got a little bit more speed than I think people are would expect being 230 pounds. So I, I'm just so impressed with him, you know, catching the ball out of the backfield when we need him to uh, be, become an excellent blocker. So, I guess I'm excited as a coach thinking about if he keeps improving like this and adding things to his game, you know, what is the ceiling? What can he do even as a senior next year and beyond? In Montana high school football, big guys, it seems at least uh, uh, lately, have been at a premium. A lot of double-A offensive linemen are 230 pounds, let alone the running backs. How did the process come about of where you made the decision, okay, this kid, he wants to play running back, and he can play running back. We're going to play him at running back. Yeah, for sure. You know, Jake's always been a lot bigger kid than, than the other guys. And he was one of those guys in eighth grade. You know how it is. I mean, they're already they're already so big and kind of got the mustache going. And you think, well, it's as big as he's going to get. But but uh, thankfully for him and for us, he kept growing. You know, he didn't get passed by. I mean, I think we all kind of assumed that maybe he would be one of those that was so big as a middle schooler and then got passed by. But he's been able to continue to grow, you know, six one two thirty, And, of course, loves the weight room. I mean, that's why he's 230. He lifts like crazy and can lift a ton. So the key for us this offseason was making sure that he kept his quickness, uh, worked on his speed, and, you know, continued to, I mean, if you get too big, obviously, it, it doesn't really matter. But that's what I'm talking about when what he's added to his game. I mean, his vision has improved so much this year and his ability to, to bounce it outside and, and, you know, really when he hits a crease now has the ability to go. I mean, he's still not going to break away necessarily, but uh, he can take it, you know, and get some good gains. So it's been impressive to watch. Coach, I want to ask you about just coming into this season. You've had so much success at Glacier since you took over there in 2007. But the, since you guys played that state title game a couple of years back against Billy C, I remember being there and covering that one. That was a, a wicked good senior team. You had a great team as well that year. But been a little, not not necessarily as successful these last couple of years. What has helped you guys reascend into being one of the top echelon teams in double a what about this group has helped you guys get this thing to the point now where you have a chance to get a pretty good playoff seed and maybe make a run in the playoffs yeah you know that's a great question because after that 2016 state championship we had played in three of the last four and uh you know i think as you build a brand new program it was such a great challenge and, and you know so much fun to take on as a new coaching staff but there was always something next, you know, it was always, okay, let's win our first game. And then, all right, let's, let's have a, our first winning season. And then, okay, now let's make the playoffs and let's win a playoff game. Okay. Now let's get to the semis. Okay. Let's get to the championship. Okay. Let's win it. And every year the guys just kept buying into that next step, next step, next step. So I think our ability to keep the hunger of the kids and that taking that next step was, was pretty easy. I mean, we just had to let them go crazy in the off season and keep building what we were building. 
well, then you play in three out of four, and, and man, it was just all of a sudden we got off to a slow start, and we end up with our first kind of average year followed by a couple more. And so to your question, this, this offseason, man, we really kind of just stepped back. I know me as a head coach just – man, is it time to hit the reset button, if you will, and, and kind of just do the kids really understand what we have built, what we're all about, what we do, our traditions, you know, all the things in our culture that we've been about. Maybe it's kind of not special anymore. Maybe they're taking it for granted. Maybe they don't understand. So we kind of went about that process of uh, kind of explaining to them everything we do. And, and I had some good talks with all the staff, of course, in the off season and with our athletic director, who's outstanding, Mark Denny. And, you know, it wasn't about hitting the reset button, but just making sure the kids truly understand why do we do what we do? You know, what do we do? How do we do it? And why? And, and the reason behind the why. And so our kids really bought in. And then of course, COVID set in, which was crazy, but it allowed us just a lot of time in the spring to get online with them since we couldn't do anything physical and just do a lot of mental stuff and going through our traditions and our culture. And okay, this is, this is what we do. This is why we do it. And so I think they just kind of rebought into everything we were about and, and we got off to that great start because that's what's really hurt us the last couple of years. And so right out of the gate, you know, beating hell in a capital at home and then going on the road and getting beat and we were kind of off and running. So, uh, yeah, I'm really proud of the kids and how they've kind of reestablished what we've been as a program for, you know, most of our existence. Grady Bennett joining us. He's the head coach of the Glacier Wolfpack football team. And, Coach, your uh, game last week against Flathead, your rival, you know, up there in, in the Kalispell area, 35-14 win. I know Flathead's a little bit down, but nonetheless, with only one school, you know, several cities now, Bozeman, Billings, Missoula, they have three schools and kind of do this round robin thing. is a pretty straight-across-the-board matchup. How big a win was that for your club just in general and kind of getting that good feeling here towards the end of the season? Yeah, for sure. It always means a lot because it's crossed down. And, you know, I mean, I grew up here, played here my whole career, came back and coached here my whole career, and I never got to have a crosstown. Never got to experience it. Right. Never got to see what it was like. I didn't know what it was like at all until I went and played for Montana and, and got to be a part of Grizz Cat Games. And that's when I really saw how special it is to, to be a part of something like that. And so when we finally got to do it, man, I, I love it. I remember watching film, throwing up film of whether it's a you know a big matchup in Missoula or watching Helena versus Helena Capital. And, man, just seeing, like, packed. I mean, there was standing room only, people everywhere trying to watch this high school football game. And, and so it's so awesome that our kids finally get to experience that. The atmosphere is so electric. Now, obviously, this year it's a little bit different with COVID and the restrictions on fans. But, but still, just so great. I mean, that's why kids play high school football, right? It's for the fun, the experiences. And so it's been amazing to be a part of something like that. And so, you know, cliche, but throughout all the records, yeah, Flathead was 0-5 and we were 4-1. But that probably for me as a head coach made me even a little bit more nervous. You know, those are the games you definitely don't want to stub your toe, but our guys did a great job prepared. Well, came out just a workmanlike effort. You know, I thought very solid from start to finish, uh, flathead battled. Well, I got to give them credit, man. I mean, they could have easily maybe packed it in and said, well, here we go again, but their kids competed all the way to the very end. It was a good football game. I mean, the score, you know, looks a little bit out of hand, but it was competitive, hard nosed, tough fought, just a good crosstown battle. The, because of all the things that have changed because of this pandemic, it's been so interesting to watch the West and the East sort of developing in the AA with no crossover whatsoever. So now, Coach, you've played every team in the West besides Sentinel. We'll get into that game here in a second. But how do you have any sort of gauge of what's going on across the AA ranks on the other side of the Continental Divide this year? 
Yeah, it's really it's really hard. Besides looking at at some film, you know, we still get a chance to pull up some huddle. And of course, now everybody's looking at okay, what might happen if this and if that. And we're to the point where we can start to look at scenarios, not looking ahead, but just saying, okay, now who might we face up if this happens and this happens. And so, you know, kind of being aware. But yeah, it's 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 brutal this year because we really just don't have a gauge. I mean, obviously Billings West is very very good. We knew that Billings Senior is good. You know, after that, I, I kind of feel like it's two, maybe three over there, and then, you know, obviously the three on this side. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, especially with the new playoffs and the new seating after this week. Well, Coulter mentioned it, but you have saved the best for last this season, Coach. you got the Sentinel Spartans coming up uh, here to uh, to finish off your season. Uh, I, I must say, I, I'm surprising at the result, not just not the win so much, but 48 nothing against Helena, who's a really good team in their own right, last weekend. And you look at this team, I mean, they haven't played a close game yet. So what, what sort of, of team do you see here in the Sentinel Spartans, and what do you need to do to break serve? Well, I'll tell you what, it reminded me a lot. They remind me a lot of our team in 2014. I mean, we set a state record that year, average margin of victory, 35.7, and it just didn't matter who we'd play. It was kind of that way, like with the Helena. I thought it was going to be a really good, possibly a really good competitive game. Yeah. And then, man, when we heard that score on the sideline, I think all of our jaws just dropped, like, whoa, no way. Um, I think one of the important things, I mean, their quarterback, Hewitt, who's an amazing player, I mean, he did get put out early. But the one thing I stress with our team all the time is, man, especially in high school sports, every Friday night is such a unique competitive experience. Never compare scores, never look at any of those factors. We do, man, every Friday night, anything can happen. So, um, you know, obviously Sentinel's very, very good. They don't have a weakness. They have so much team speed, both offense and defense. Yeah, gosh, man, they, they're just they're just scary. So, I don't know. I mean, it's it's hard to think game plan-wise. I think the best thing for us would be to really try to slow the game down. I mean, there's been years where, you know, we've had incredible offensive teams, and the other team will, you know, say we could take that opening drive and put an eight- to nine-minute just slow, long march on and come up with some points. Now you're keeping their offense off the field. I mean, that's really the only chance we have is to try to slow the game down. I think we have a guy to do it. We have a running game to do it, hopefully. Uh, You know, Jake's pretty special because normally – you know, people are putting eight, nine guys in the box, and sometimes they'll stuff that run, and you'll get zero or one, maybe even a loss. Jake Rendina can turn those into two or three-yard gains. And then you get a little bit of a crease where a normal back might get you two or three. Jake will get five to seven. And now a little bit bigger crease, and all of a sudden he's, you know, 10 to 15 and beyond. So uh, that's what we're going to have to do, I think, is, is slow it down and just punch ahead with our running game. And uh, we got to come away with points, though. Nobody's really scored on them yet this whole year. So if we don't come away with points, they're just so explosive. We, uh, you know, we might create too deep of a hole to dig out of it. I think that's what they've done to everybody so far. Grady Bennett joining us on our Opportunity Bank Coaches Corner. He's the head coach of the Glacier Wolfpack. Final game of the regular season against Sentinel uh, this Friday. That is an interesting comparison, Grady, the 2014 team, because you, know, you have a great leader at quarterback, just like you guys had with Brady McChesney. You have this slasher uh, that can play kind of slot or scat back in Jace Kuswich, just like you guys had with Logan Jones. And then, I mean, Josh Hill is Geno Leonard. The comparisons go down the line. I never thought of that. It's actually a great parallel. There's very many similarities between those teams. But that team that you had when you won you guys' first state championship, that was one of the most talented teams Montana's seen. And like you said, you set the record for points scored in the season. Where does this settle team compare, though? I mean, to me, there hasn't been very many Montana teams that have had this many of Division One caliber skill guys like Sentinels had. It seems like they have unprecedented speed. How does how do you think Sentinel this Sentinel team fits in with some of the teams you've seen around Double A? 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I know it's not for me to decide. Obviously, that's for uh, you know you guys in the media and the historians to decide. But after that 2014 season, you know, a lot of people ask me, "Is is this maybe a top five team all time?" And again, that that's not my call. We were we were so talented across the board, and like you said, speed. We had 13 guys that year go play college football. Just unbelievable. You know, it was almost like a frontier team. It seemed like it was just so gifted. Uh, I think the Bozeman team the year before, when those kids were mostly juniors and we played that Bozeman team with Disley, who, of course, was playing for the Seahawks, that was another one of the most talented teams all time. Of course, you go back to some of the great CMR teams and Capitals had some, and so who knows? But I think, yeah, depending on what Sentinel does down the rest of this, I mean, I think roster-wise from top to bottom, you'd have to put them talent-wise, at least in that conversation, depending on how they finish. Grady, I got to ask you this, okay? As a as a as a high school coach, you are really sort of the the touch point for all college football programs. They want to come to you and talk to you about your kids, your players, and you know what, you know, give us the goods and 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 the story and that. But you went to the University of Montana, of course, great football player for the Grizzlies. So when you got coaching staff from Missoula coming up to Kalispell and then the coaching staff from Bozeman coming up. You give it two different stories. Like how's, how's, how's it, how's it work up? Like what's the secret here when you are, uh, when you're, when you're pitching your players to these coaches coming up there to talk to you? You know, actually it's a good question just because there's a lot of people for years. And I, I think there was a stretch there where we sent, Oh man, really through that 2014 team, maybe 2015, we sent, 15, or maybe not that many, but we sent a lot of guys straight to MSU. Mm. And so then I'd go work Grizz games on Saturdays, and now I had Grizz fans like getting online and getting on different chats and blogs and just <laughs> ticked at me, calling me out like, what are you doing? Are you a traitor? Why aren't you pushing our, you know, your guys to, to the Grizz? And shoot, man, to be honest with you, man, I, don't, I want whatever's best for the kids. I mean, I can't control who comes in. Uh, there was years where the Grizz just did not come in. They they didn't visit. We had some great players that I thought could play, and the Grizz would not come up and visit. Um, I know I've had long talks with them since then, and, of course, Coach Alk and his staff have done a great job since coming back. But, yeah, man, it's just up to, to who comes in the doors and who recruits them and then what fits best. you know. And I think a lot of our guys, you know, engineering's been a real hot uh field to study lately and so many of our guys wanted engineering there for a stretch and so montana state was the place to be and there's a lot of factors that go into it but honestly to answer your question i mean it's i truly don't care yeah do i have a little bit of pride when we when we like last year when we put drew deck and hank noose down in montana yeah that's that's cool because i know i'm going to get a count you know call their games on saturdays and that that's really special but shoot whatever fits best for them and their family and their future um, that's where i want them to go well, the other side of that note, then you talk about that great 2014 team, and some of the guys from that team were seniors at Montana State last year. And I thought that, you know, guys like Logan Jones and Josh Hill, you know, they maybe went out on top better than you could ever even imagine right in the storybook. I mean, Logan Jones rushes for almost 130 yards, and with no Troy Anderson, he is the offensive star of the game. Josh Hill cemented a legacy as maybe one of the great Cat Grizz linebackers ever. I mean, he played his best games in the Cat Grizz game three different times in his career. What was that moment like for you? Because, I mean, like you say, you, you know, you play at the University of Montana, but you must have been so proud of those guys for the way that they finished their careers in Montana State. Man, I was. I was so, so proud of those guys. And, you know, it's it's an interesting story because I – because uh, 
I guess Root Sports now takes all the Grizz Cat games. I haven't called the Grizz Cat game for several years now, uh, and 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 usually don't go to them because we're in the middle of our playoff run. Hopefully, so uh, two years ago I got to go watch that in person, which I hadn't been to one for a long time. And and again, like you said, Logan uh, and Josh showed so well, just played great. And then of course last year again. So interesting answer to your question is we actually had a little reunion over Christmas break. And we just tried to get as many as that class of 2014 together because now they're all graduating college. They're all going to go off and adult and live life. And so we just, somebody had the idea and I said, let's do it. And we got together and had a big dinner and, you know, not all of them could be there, but a lot of them did show up and it was pretty close obviously to after that game was played. So gosh, to listen to those guys throw it back and forth. And of course, Logan and Josh have bragging rights forever over the Grizz guys. And so it, it was pretty cool though, just to, to sit there with those guys after all these years and, and just reflect on their careers for us, bringing a state championship to Glacier High School, and then going and playing so well at Montana State at Montana. It was a pretty special night for me. Well, Coach, uh, that those are great stories. We appreciate that. And, and again, congratulations on a fantastic run already, 5-1 and one on this uh, seven-game regular season that we have here in 2020. And I can't wait for this. This is the matchup of the year right here uh, in the regular season between you guys and Sentinel this week and then obviously the postseason to come after that. So we wish you the absolute best and appreciate you taking the time out to be with us here. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks guys, so much. Fun being on. I appreciate you having me. You got it. Grady Bennett. The head coach of the Glacier Wolfpack, 5-1, and one, hosting Sentinel, Sentinel on uh, Friday. It's the subject of our Opportunity Bank Coaches Corner. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. It's awesome to talk to, to Grady. I mean, he's a guy who, you know, is very polished, as you can tell. I mean, he's a guy who does color and does, you know, the media and stuff like well, that. Well, he's, he's been the head high school football coach forever. I mean, because yeah. he was at Flathead for a long time before. Saying polish makes it seem disingenuous somehow. No, no, like he's, he's just, he's just, he's the just, man. He's just, I, I think about it all the time, man. The, he talked about building the program and the culture and what he's instilled in those kids. Right. They've run the best program in the state of Montana, point blank, period. There is no second place to, to me in my mind in terms of how solid they have been. They have put more guys in the college ranks by so much. It's not. I'm not just talking Division One. I mean, they're signing six to eight kids every single year between the Cats, the Grizz, and Division One, mm-hmm. and, and the NAIA, the Frontier Conference. And it's a huge testament to Grady because he he they he teaches them in the classroom. They learn at a college level in terms of football. You know, X's and O's. True offseason program. You know, and, and that's like. Anybody that's watched on TV, they probably saw me shaking my head when he was talking about how the University of Montana wouldn't show up there. And I think that a lot of people that follow the Grizz, a lot of Grizz fans, they don't know how much that narrative became true around the state of Montana and how Montana literally had to bring a guy like Bobby Houck back to get any traction in in in-state recruiting. Because like when you have dudes like... Logan Jones and the Grizz are not even going up there to, to look at him. That's that's crazy, man. Like, Logan Jones had, like, 2,500 yards. What's well, a super long drive, Colton? <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm getting at. Like, you, I'm looking at their website right now, and that's the thing that they do better. Anybody, I mean, everything. The, the archiving of history. Like, their website is better than a lot of college websites. Like, there's so much information on here that literally no other high school in the state of Montana has. It's, mm-hmm. there, there's a whole docket of every single guy who's gone to college. But you look exactly when Bobby Houck returned. And like the class of 2016, we had Patrick O'Connell on this show last year talking about, hey, I dreamed about being a Grizz my whole life. I drove to Missoula and went into the coach's offices and said, I will walk on for you. I will be the last guy on the roster. Just let me have a chance. And they said, no. Patrick, 
O'Connell gets a chance last year. He leads the team in sacks. You know, as just yeah. an undersized guy coming off the edge. But then you look at, at and he was class of 2016. You look at class of 2017, though. What happens? It starts to shift. Drew Turner, Jackson Pepe, Mac Morris, Max Morris, they all come to the University of Montana. This last class, Derek, uh, Drew Deck, Henry Noose. You know, now the Glacier kids are coming here again. Because Bobby Houck would never let that happen. And that was the number one knock on in-state recruiting is you're going to have your battlegrounds. You're going to have kids that are, you know, their dads were Grizz, their moms were Grizz, or Bobcats, or whatever it is. But the Cats should never beat the Grizz in flat in the flathead. That's it. That Point blank period, and the Cats were killing the Grizz in the flathead. Mm-hmm. I think that the 2018 Cat-Grizz game, Coach Bennett was right when he said that they had the most kids in that game. He said 15 and then backtrack because he thought he was exaggerating. He wasn't exaggerating. I think they had 13 kids in that game, but 11 of them played at Montana State. That's where this whole thing has shifted now because Coach Houck, as we know, he likes to spend a fair amount of time up in the flathead himself anyway. Yes, he does. So, so it's pretty easy for him to go up there and recruit because uh, I think he likes the, the drive uh, no matter what. So uh, it's a huge part of this, though, because, because Coach Bennett is running such a great program, it's a place you have to have a foothold, right? It's like the fact that Bobby Houck's going to, because Bozeman High is probably the number two program in the state. The fact that Houck goes over there and gets kids, that's a, that's a pretty huge coup. So we'll see we'll see how this all plays out. But um, the point is, Coach Bennett's doing a great job up there at Kalispell Glacier, and it'll be a really fun game Friday night when they host the Sentinel Spartans. It's 2 Tell Nuwana's, 1029 ESPN Radio. Good to be with you. On the other side, we are just about 40 minutes from first pitch of game one of the World Series. Who's pitching in it? We'll tell you next. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. The World Series is here. Right on time, October. How about that? What a thing. I don't even know what month it is. It's October. Thanks. Uh... Yeah, Coulter, quickly, though, before we get into this, I want to update everybody on this. 2 Tell New One is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hope you are doing well. Thanks for being with us on your uh, radios, TVs, at Gus 2 Tell at 1029 ESPN, Skyline Sports MT, your relevant Twitter handles. But uh, the uh, high school soccer uh, semifinals are going on right now on the girls' side, and the Bozeman Hawk girls already lost 2-1 in overtime to Kalispell Glacier. So congratulations to the Glacier girls getting a win and something of an upset over Bozeman, uh, the Bozeman girls, a 2-1 win in overtime. So Glacier is on into the uh, state championship game. First time in school history. Is that right? First time. Congratulations to the Glacier girls for doing that. What game we got on going right now, Coulter? So the Bozeman boys are currently up 2-0 over Missoula Sentinel. That's okay. it, that game's in that match is in Bozeman. Thirteen minutes to play. That, that's that's most recently from Bozeman High uh, athletic director Mark Ator, um, and then the Glacier, like you said, girls move into the state championship. They'll play the winner of the Hellgate girls and the Helena High girls. Hellgate, the four seed out of the West. 
Helena High, the number one seed. Okay. Uh, searching for a score for that one real quick. But the Hellgate Boys, Glacier Boys, will have a score for you tomorrow because that game does not kick until 7. It's going to be chilly here in Missoula little, at 7 o'clock tonight. Game under the lights outside. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, cool, absolutely. actually. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, speaking of games under the lights, Colter, in about, oh, 30 minutes from now, we will have first pitch for everybody on ESPN Radio. Game one of the World Series, the Dodgers and the Rays, the two best teams by record in this shortened 60-game season. The Rays were 40-20, and 20, and the Dodgers, the best team in baseball, at 43-17. and 17. Uh, Both of these teams went seven games in their respective league championship series, although it was the Dodgers who were down three games to one, and you thought, oh, my goodness, here we go again. And yet they found a way and battled and got back through it and I'm really glad I think this is a great matchup man I'm I'm usually I have a rooting favorite in the World Series like there's a team that I'm on and sometimes that develops as you watch it you really get on teams but at least heading into this I can't tell you how much I just like both these teams usually I don't you like do? the front you runner. like the Dodgers I really like the Dodgers man why? tell me why great dudes really they seem so unlikable to me what what are you I, talking about I I like Mookie Betts. I think that Corey Seager and Bellinger are both clowns. <laughs> he just bombs away MVP of the league clown. You out of your mind? You don't even watch this stuff. I have, been, that. I have been watching it. Dude. Though, this is my impression of it. I, I, I don't love a lot of the Dodgers, man. Taylor with the hair going, or Turner, excuse me, Justin Turner with the, the just the, yeah, it, the orange, the whole the whole pumpkin right. thing going he's on. All right. It's Bell- great. Bellinger drives me crazy, man. That's uh, that is just insane. I mean, it's just crazy. Plus, it's all about the rotation for the Dodgers. I want to see Clayton Kershaw do it, and he's going to have his chance tonight because it is Clayton Kershaw on the mound for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So. He's going to be facing Tyler Glass now. Let me ask you this. Yeah. It's obvious you throw Kershaw game one. It's game one of the World Series. I mean, maybe it is. It's obvious because of the way the last series developed. Exactly. It's obvious because then you know when you're going to, you're probably going to pitch him three times in this series if it goes seven games, right? If you throw him game one, then you can more tactfully choose when the next two are going to be. Whereas then you're, you're running, you're, you're burning the candle at both ends if you, pitch him in game well, two or three. I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not, you can't choose. If you're going to pitch him in three games, it has to be one, four, and seven, right? I mean, it has to be. Yeah. You can't pitch him one and then three. And you certainly can't pitch him in five and seven, not, not as a starter. Now you could maybe go one and five and then have him as a late relief type of situation. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is, my question for you though, is yeah. what if he gets shelled, do they, right. do they then treat Walker Bueller like their ace. In other words, Bueller's going to throw game two. Mm-hmm. But then do you sort somehow try to mitigate it to set up, set up the situation you're in? Like, in other words, this could potentially cost Walker Bueller a start if you know that you don't want to put Kershaw totally. on the ball for game six or game seven because you don't have confidence in him in an elimination game. There is no question. And I, I totally get what you're saying. But if you're Dave Roberts, you go, Everything that everybody's ever said about you that ever happened in the postseason is all garbage. You are the best pitcher in baseball. You are our horse. You roll out there, and you cannot make that statement if he's not on the bump for game one, period. And if you put Walker Bueller out there, you may well have already lost game two 
because of what the, the 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 mental emotional state that you put your guy in by going we're not going with you in this in this in the world series we're not going to do it right. the flip side of that coin though is there has to be blood in the water for the Braves hitters man like yeah. you just have to know that if we get even a little thing going he's going to crumble like it, it's the the, the the there has to be mentally fragile about this postseason thing that he cannot figure out and we are not going to be the team that he figures it out against and if they can be that they could shell him and you don't win the series and get in game one ever but this could be this could be a absolute series setting type of victory if it goes that way my question to you is this what do you think's going to happen is kershaw gonna come through and and pitch and 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 pitch a gem or at least pitch really well or are the rays gonna hammer him i mean i don't think you could predict either way obviously but Given what we've seen, given what our body of work to analyze this from is, I don't know how you could possibly say that he's going to be anything but shaky, at least at the beginning. It's what it seems like. And by the way, I don't know what shaky is. Like, in what was it, game five? Of of or game four, I guess it was whatever he was, you know, he had because he was injured and then had to miss a couple of games and came back and pitched in game four. I think he only gave up three runs in that game. The Dodgers were losing when he left it, and I think he took the loss. But it really wasn't Kershaw going out there and giving up back-to-back yaks and giving away a lead. Like, he went out there and pitched pretty well. I think it was, you know, he pitched a couple of several shutout innings before giving up a few runs sort of in the middle of the game. Was it his best performance? Certainly not. But it also wasn't like, oh, here's the jinked Clayton Kershaw again. Like, it was it was, it was, was okay. It was fine. It was like a decent thing. And really, it was the offense that failed them. And they Tampa Bay did score eight runs in that game, but they were not off of Kershaw. They, were, they came later on in that baseball game. At the end of the day, though, if you're Kershaw, Shaw, you got to do whatever you got to do because you have to stake your team to a lead. Like if it's if it's if you got to hold it up there a goose egg because your guys can only get one, that's what you got to do because that's what you're supposed to do as an ace. Now I will say this: the guy who's getting overlooked in all this, Tyler Glass. Now, now Tyler Glass yeah. now is the real deal. Would you like to hear the dimensions, Tyler Glass? Now, you got any idea? Um, I don't. Two hundred thirty I mean, pounds, six eight. Yeah, I was going to say he's at least probably 6'5 or 6'6. Six, six, My man's 6'8 six, eight. Eight standing on a bump. He's 7'2 standing up there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, how tall was Randy Johnson? 6'10. 6'10? The big, big and, unit. And I don't know what what uh, Tyler Glasnow's uh, uh, you know, wingspan is, but you know that's that's some levers now. It's 6 feet 8 inches tall coming at you off of that thing. He's a righty. So I'm excited to watch him pitch, and I think... I actually think the starting pitching in this series favors the Rays. You do, yes. But I think that the what the what, bullpen what? the bullpen is so loaded for the L.A. Dodgers, like it's it's beyond belief. What so they got. so for, first of all, to to state that you think that the the Rays have a pitching advantage is to basically state that you feel that Blake Snell is on par and or better than Clayton Kershaw in this World Series. Is that correct? Mm. I mean, no. I, I if if Kershaw is his lights out all time Hall of Fame regular season self, then there's no way you can say that the Rays have a pitching advantage, right? That entire opinion hinges upon if Kershaw 
is a Cy Young Award winner or give it up six runs in three innings, right? It's yes and no. Okay. So, so, but then Blake Snell is the second best pitcher. If we're just judging these guys by their overall body of work in their careers, Kershaw's the best pitcher in this series. Blake Snell's the second best pitcher in this series. To me, Walker Bueller's the third best. So then where where's the answer for the Rays? I mean, you, Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton is Charlie Morton's 4 and 0 in in winner take all postseason games as a starter. Now, he's not the best pitcher even on his own staff, but he is he is clutch and that's a real thing. And so yeah. if you're going to talk to me about Glasnow and Blake Snell and Morton, uh, Charlie Mortensen or uh, Charlie Morton, excuse me, or you're going to talk to me about Walker Bueller Clayton Kershaw and and who Dustin May? I mean, probably Urias is probably their yeah their third. I mean, it, all I'm saying is Ker- Kershaw being the best pitcher in this at starting pitcher in this series is is I don't think in question. Right, the only thing that's in question is he's going to be that in this moment. But he's the best pitcher of all of them. But I think, I mean, I think Glass now. I think. Uh, uh, Snell, and in the right circumstance, I think uh, uh, Charlie Morton or all can look toe to toe, look eye to eye with Walker Bueller. I really do. And so, in in the interest of a series, you know, when you're talking about series long deal, and yeah. it's you know, it, you know, one game is one game. The advantage tonight, by the way, the Dodgers are minus one fifty seven betting sake as favorites here for Game One. Part of that is because they have such a loaded lineup, and they do have the bet. I mean, that's the other thing; they have a much better lineup top so, to bottom. So, but so, I think that you go full full breadth of staff that's going to pitch in this series. I like the race. Well, that, 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 but that's that's my other question. Then is we've been fed this narrative for all of time that pitching wins World Series. But, mm. but to me, hitting is what wins in the playoffs. Yeah. I, at least, and the Dodgers are a way better hitting team. They are. And they're hitting after they w- couldn't hit worth a lick the first couple games against the Braves. Then they hit really well for the whole rest of the series. That's why they won the series. There was no epic pitching performances. In fact, there were several bad pitching performances against Atlanta. They're in the World Series because of their hitting. They're in the World Series because Corey Singer is hitting bombs. They're in the World Series because of Bellinger and Betts and all these guys. So... You still, even with, though they have a definitive lineup advantage, you still think that the Rays are the the favorite? No, 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 no. The Rays are not the favorite. You're saying you got the Rays in terms of the pitching. I, I just think they have. I think they have the better starting pitching in terms of the full staff. Okay, I might say that's their only advantage because yeah. there's no question that offensively, the the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. Well, offensively, yeah, the, maybe the, the Yankees. But if you believe Dodgers that too. they have an advantage in the pitching staff, they have one other advantage: that they're not the Dodgers. That they're not the Los Angeles the, Dodgers. The that they're not the team that's lost in the World Series multiple times. That they're through. not the yeah. $225 million payroll. Yeah. They are the team that no one knows any better. No one knew who any of these guys were until three weeks ago. Yeah. Literally. I mean, they're, yeah. they're one of the most anonymous teams to ever play in the World Series. As I said on the show for 15 minutes yesterday, <laughs> it's it's my biggest gripe, the fact that we don't know who some of these guys are. Like, they need to market. The, somebody has to help these guys get more exposure. Well, and also, like, a guy like a Rosarino, he's batting third or fourth in the lineup. He's a rookie. I mean, he's only played I mean, 60 to eight games his whole career. Exactly. You know? So how do you... This exactly. is where you get to know him a little no, bit. No, it's true. It's definitely true. But I just think that, you know, one of the most omnipresent narratives that's existed throughout the history of baseball is 
the monkey on your back? When can you get it off? When can you take it off? There's been a team. I mean, you could think of teams going all the way back to the Brooklyn Dodgers in the 40s and 50s. Mm -hmm. And then on through, there was always that team each decade that was close but no cigar so many times until then they either got it or perished, right? And the Dodgers are that latest team. They are, and, and that's baseball. It is baseball. You know, because you, you can be the definitively better team and lose, even mm-hmm. in a series. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, it's not like basketball, mm-hmm. man, where, I mean, almost always the actual better team is going to, in fact, win the series because you're playing. Yeah, no, man, yeah. you can lose four games there, easily there's a great, being a better team. There's a great stat on ESPN Radio earlier. I can't remember dating back to when, but it was at least a decade. This is the first time we've had the definitive teams that ranked the top. They were number one and number two in offensive and defensive efficiency during the regular season into the playoffs. That's the first time we've had, like, by by the most definitive team-based baseball analytic that exists, this is the first time that the two best teams have actually met in the World Series in more than yeah, 10 years. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I I will also say this about the Rays. The two things I think the Rays have going for them is they're starting pitching by a hair, and this. And this is not me talking now. This is me parroting people who know because I am not a baseball guy. I don't. I'm not. I'm not into it the way these guys are. But Tim Kirchin, who you and I both love, says this is the smartest team in baseball by far. Who they got, how they put it together, the way this team is built, and what they do, how they execute, is the smartest team in baseball easily. Why the Dodgers are good is obvious. They got all the dudes. They got a stacked up roster, $265 million. Mookie, everybody, right? It's obvious why they're good, and they are good. They're great. The Rays, as you said, are anonymous. Why are they here? And not just here, 40 and 20. The the next best team in baseball here. The reason is, is because they do it better than everybody else does it. What that amounts to in a game, in a series like this, I don't know. But I'll be interested to see that and hopefully learn that throughout the course of the series. I'm excited about it. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Entire World Series, of course, right here on ESPN Radio for you. Game one coming up. First pitch as soon as we are done here from uh, Arlington, which will have some fans in it, which is nice at a, at a baseball game. You get even a few thousand in there, and it really makes a ba- baseball atmosphere. Take a quick break on the other side. We want to send a little bit of love, so we'll do that right after this. Hey, Saturday, October 31st, it's Halloween, and the Silver Slipper is going to be set up for families in the afternoon, 2 to 4 p.m., you go down with your little ghosts and goblins, and they're going to have a parking lot trick-or-treat. Okay, get the kids some candy down there uh, out of the, I think they're going to do the cars and have the stuff set up. They can walk around and get some candy there at the parking lot at the Silver Slipper. And even, hey, a drink trip, a, a drink chip for you guys, the parents up there as you take them down there. Later on in the evening, how about a Tiger King-themed Halloween party? That's right. You can come back, dress up, do your best Tiger King impression. What is it, Joe, Joe Exotic? Okay, whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know. Susan, is that her name? Susan? I just can't. Anyhow, uh, go on down there. Drink specials, costume contest. going to be a great fun Halloween at the Silver Slipper. Of course, sports are rocking and rolling right now. 55 televisions every night of the week, drink specials. NFL, college football, the World Series, it's all on for you at the Silver Slipper. They got 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, pizza, everything you need to watch your favorite team. And by the way, the card room is open every night, 7 o'clock. 
Call or text 333-1500-333-1500 or visit MissoulaPoker.com for more info. Stop by today to see why the Silver Slipper is one of the best-kept secrets. Just off of Brooks there, headed out towards Lolo. You turn right if you're going south on Reserve onto Brooks, and it's just down the road on your right there. Check out Facebook also for daily drink specials and up-to-the-minute info the Silver Slipper. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. Welcome back. Two Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television across the great state. Good to be with all of you. Thanks for being here. We appreciate that. If you missed anything in the show, check it out on the podcast. The Two Tell Nuanas podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Check that out. The uh, podcast is available thanks to Blackfoot Communications. Uh, Coulter, uh, I just wanted to send a little love here at the end of the show. Okay. Uh, but a guy who uh, I have uh, admired from afar for a very long time, and I'm not in uh, the minority on this. I'm certainly not alone. But Jeff Bridges was uh, recently uh, uh, announced that he's been diagnosed with lymphoma. Uh, and a lot of people are aware of that at this point. I uh, don't know you know, much more details beyond that. But particularly a guy whose films have been great. I think some of his advocacy has been outstanding and also just in general uh, – the dude abiding out there in the world makes me happy. And uh, particularly here in western Montana, I know that he spent some time as a place uh, down the Bitterroot and uh, and that. So uh, we certainly here wish uh, Jeff Bridges the absolute best and, uh, and are rooting for him in this uh, newest role that he has to play and, uh, and uh, hope that uh, this all goes well and that he is able to continue doing what he does best and that's uh, entertain and make movies uh, and and all of that for a very long time to come. But we certainly, uh, you know, take a moment here. The Big Lebowski, hands down, hands down, not close, the greatest comedy that's ever been made, period. Oh, man. And uh, and also, I got to say, very underrated to me, but True Grit, the Coen Brothers version of True Grit, yeah. the remake, great. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. I don't know if yeah, you can do better than that. So anyway, Jeff Bridges, tip of the cap. You'll up soon. Boys and girls, game one of the World Series right now from Arlington. Enjoy. We'll see you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now. If you visit msubookstore.org, free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.